Amen. This morning, if you would, turn to the book of John. John, chapter is where we're going to be out of. And I want us today, we're kind of take a journey through some uh, declarations that Christ had about himself. Of course, you're probably familiar with studies throughout your Christian life, the I Am Studies of Christ. I'm sure you've heard this before. And we're going to be going through that, that lineup, the, the seven I Am's of who Jesus said he was. But, but, I, but I want us to, to think about it in the terms of it's not just I Am, but he is. Amen. He is all of these things to us. If we're going to sing tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, I think we ought to mean it. I think our actions, I think our lives ought to reflect that we trust in Jesus, not in the feelings of our gut, not in the feelings of a society, but we trust in Jesus because he is Lord of all. That's the Jesus I serve. He is. On Easter, you will no doubt be, uh, at some time you'll see on a, on a screen somewhere, or maybe a pastor or somebody in, on radio will say, he is risen. He is all these things. And the, the being risen part, as we build up to Easter, I, I want us to think about who Jesus is. Because I believe that the modern church, I think we're too reliant upon what feels right right here. I've heard people say you need to trust your heart. That's the last thing you need to do. You need to trust your Savior. John chapter 6, he talks about who he is. There's about uh, six, uh, chapter 6 through verse 15, if you want to do some reading ahead uh, in this series. But, but what I want you to look at here this morning is that Jesus makes a declaration about himself. And he says, I am the bread of life. Look at verse 22 this morning in chapter 6. On the next day, the crowd that remains on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples. But that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got up into the boats and they went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, where did you come here? When did you come here? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you uh, do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Listen to this. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Father, forgive us for our, our lack of faith in our life at times. Father, forgive us for being short-sighted. God, forgive us for not trusting in you. God, forgive us for singing, tis so sweet when we don't even trust you. God, forgive us. We look to you today, the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, I ask today that you would direct our hearts to you, the bread of life, the bread of eternal sustenance, the bread that all people need, the bread that only satisfies. Jesus, I've never been let down by you. May we cling close to you. May we be a people who are defined our trust in you, our following of you, our bringing glory to you. May we be defined as such, God. In your name, amen. I like when you look at this passage here this morning, it's, proceed, it's proceeding like some really cool things that happen. And if you've ever been to Sunday school in your life, you heard these stories. Jesus feeds the 5,000 Apparently, he had a bunch of Baptists in the crowd that day. They were hungry, and so he feeds the 5,000. Of course, we know that it's not just 5,000. It's probably upwards of twenty to 25,000, maybe 30,000 people there. 5,000 to count of the men, so we're not counting women and children and, and, and other people who just showed up, right? You, you always have your people that just show up when things are good. The, the CEOs of the church, the Christmas Easter onlys, Right? We have those, those same people that we see here in this situation. That they show up and Jesus feeds them and they like that. How many of you like it when things are good? How many of you like it when your, your meals are provided? You know? Just a few years back we went on a cruise and we bought an all-inclusive stay on a beach during that cruise time, right? So we walked on that beach there in Cozumel, Mexico. I walked on that beach and guys, I owned that beach. The waiter didn't stop serving this guy the whole time I was there. I literally was trying to get away from him, sitting in the water, and he's bringing me shrimp. You know, and I'm like, man, what? Okay, I'll take it. It's good. We like being served, but 
But I think we forget that Christ is so much better than some waiter on a Mexican beach. So much better than that. that it's, it's, it's deeper than that. That what we're speaking of here is not just Jesus feeding 5,000. Jesus did that, and, and I think it's because he loved them, right? But we know that faith is not going to come because everything is, is physically okay in our lives. When our health is perfect, when our money is perfect, when our society is perfect, those are the times when we draw away. What I've seen in America today is really what happened during a lot of other empires. Study the Roman Empire. Of course, they started out pretty pagan, but then, you know, Christianity, quote unquote, came in there. At least there was some amount of like, you know, praising of God, right? There was some, there were churches built. They, they had a whole, you know, uh, thing that you, that you understand today as Christianity that, that really, right or wrong, it spread Christianity anyways. But as soon as they pulled back from Christianity, that's when everything fell apart. And I think in America today, what we're experiencing is a society that's stepping aside from Jesus. They don't look at him as the bread of life. They look, they look at what makes sense here. What, what makes me feel good in this moment? In a day and age when we're redefining every single thing apart from Scripture, is there any wonder we're in trouble? We redefine sexuality, we redefine what marriage is, we redefine what, what is life and what is not life, we redefine who created, we redefine who Jesus is, we're going to lose our way every single time. I tell people, some people they'll come to me and they'll say, well, how do you minister, how do you witness, to, say to like to a Mormon, right? Or, or how do you witness to a Jehovah's Witness? These, these religions that seem Christian, they mention Jesus, they talk about Jesus, right? How, how, do, you mention, how, do, you, how do you witness to people of different Thoughts that are really close to yours, but just not 100%. Guys, it comes back to this. Who do you find, define Jesus as? Because those other religions, they're going to break apart at that point. Ask a Mormon who they define Jesus as. I've asked that question, and sometimes they'll say, well, he's the son of God. Okay, no, tell me what your teachings say. Don't give me a generic answer. Church, it is important for you and I today to have a correct definition as to who Jesus is. If we're defining Jesus in the wrong way, we're missing it. And, and Christ here, he's ministering to people. And some people think he's just some drive-through drive fast food place, right? We go to the beach, we hang out on the beach, we, we get to listen to him talk, and then he feeds us. Some people, that's all Jesus is to them. He's their, he's their meal ticket for the day. I mean, so much so, we see here when Jesus got up and he leaves and the disciples, they get in a boat and they leave. And of course, there's the whole cool telling of Jesus walking on the water, right? I wish I had about three hours today, I'd get into all that. All this happens and then they seek out Jesus, but he tells them there, you're not seeking me for the right reasons. You're seeking me for bread, but you don't understand. You do not understand that I am not just bread, I'm not just a meal ticket, I am the bread of life. That's, that's significant if we really stop to think about it. How many of us like bread in here? You know, I think everybody likes bread. We hate, we hate doctors now because they say don't eat bread. Don't eat donuts. Don't, don't, eat, don't eat bread. Don't, don't eat anything that's got carbs in it. Don't eat anything that brings you joy, right? They would have us go out here and just, I guess, just 
put an earthworm in our mouth and just enjoy it. But Jesus here, I think he speaks to the heart of the matter because I know people have, you know, allergies and we have all that that's going on today too. And I, and I want you guys just to get the point though. I, I don't think, Jesus ain't calling himself bread. I think that's the whole point of it all. They were coming for bread and fish and all that. And Jesus is like, you don't know really why I'm here. You follow me, but you really don't know. Your definition of me is prophet who feeds people. But I come to you as Savior who redeems people. I, 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 that's the only Jesus I can preach, right? I can feed everybody. I can make everybody happy. But if I'm not preaching the Jesus that redeems people, what's the point? Because, you know, you can, you can appease people. You can love people for a time. But, but the thing is, is that what lasts for eternity is the love of Jesus. The love of Christ. Jesus, he, you can just see his heartbreak here. They come, they say, why? You know, in verse 28, 26, 25, right through there, you know, they're like, Rabbi, when did you come here? Why didn't you tell us? We didn't see it on your website. It didn't pop up on our phones that you had moved over here, right? We were, we were doing the, you know, find my Jesus app, and you weren't, you weren't where we thought you were. Why were you across the lake here? And Jesus is like, man, you missed a lot in the, overnight. You got your belly full, and you went home, and you slept, and you missed so much. Besides the fact that you missed who I am and you're missing who I am. All this happens and Jesus just tells them, you know, you, you want signs, you want your belly full, but you don't know that what I bring to you is something that will never perish. The love, the, the bread of Jesus Christ will never leave you hungry. It will never leave you hungry. I've had setbacks in life. I've had people pass away. I've had things like that. We all have, haven't we? But you know, the one thing that's never given up on me is Christ. I've never been, I've never been like wanting for a savior ever. Since that tender age of nine. I mean, I, guys, I've messed up in my life. Anybody relate? But the love of Jesus is always there. I thank God for a healthy definition given to me at a young age that Jesus is the bread of life. Let's look at that a little deeper this morning. What does it mean he's the bread of life? Well, the first thing I would say is that Christ is the common need of all people, right? It's not just the Baptist. You know, it's not just the, uh, it's not just the Methodists down the road. It's not just assemblies of God. It's not the non-denominational or, 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 you know, like the Catholics or the people that worship Jesus. It's not just for them, but it's for everyone. What, what I've seen in the last six months of my life is, I believe it, a coming outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our world. I really believe that Christ is going to, to, to call people to him because there's been a lot of people praying for a long time. God, would you send your spirit? Would you send revival? And I really look at it like I look at the, the state of the American church. I look at the state really of the church around the world and, and it's almost like this. And I, and I, I believe this. I don't, I don't know that the church is gonna be where revival even comes from. That hurts me to say that. Because the places where you see God moving, it's not on Sunday mornings. It's out in the streets. 
It's out in the countryside. I can tell you even years ago when I was a a missionary in the Southwest that we would travel and we would have church in people's homes sometimes, you know, or there there would be like a tent set up out in the middle of nowhere and those people would worship Jesus. It wasn't in church on Sunday morning. We've become way too comfortable in our pews. We've become way too comfortable as this is what church is about. We have to keep this going. When the fact of the matter is, is that when the gospel is preached, it should, it should just sear our hearts. But for a lot, we just hear the gospel and we're like, yeah, yeah, Jesus loves me. Yeah, yeah, when's my next meal? Yeah, yeah, what can this church do for me? Yeah, yeah, what, 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 can, what, can, what can happen in my life that I'm just going to be happier? I'll tell you what can happen in your life. It's when you have a healthy definition as to who Jesus is, you're going to have a happiness in your life you never had before. Never. And it's common among all people. All people need this, right? Just like bread is common. Again, I mentioned how many of y'all like bread. Most everybody's going to say, I like bread. Unless you got like a, an allergy. I get that, right? But, but if you're a bread eater, if, uh, think about that. Bread is common across all cultures, isn't it? It's like it's everywhere. I was looking online this week at like all the different types of bread. There's damper in Australia. I don't know what that, that sounds kind of wet. There's cheese bread in Brazil. I'm listening. There's manto in China. Manto, I'm not sure. They might lose me on the name there. A baguette in France, right? In Germany, they have the pretzel. Oh, yeah. Hong Kong, they have the pineapple bun. I'm listening again. India, they have naan. One of my favorite breads in the world. In Italy, they have focaccia. In Japan, they have uh, taiyaki. I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. Portugal, they have... Cornbread, did you know that? I thought that was an oaky thing. South Korea has hatuk. Sweden has cinnamon scrolls. I'm listening again. Turkish has pie day. It's good, isn't it? I could live on pie day. It's so good. The United Kingdom has hot cross buns. It sounds like a, uh, some song from the 70s or something. I don't know what a hot cross bun is, but that's what the English bring us. Of course, Native Americans have the best bread probably there ever is. That's fry bread, amen? <laughs> I need some fry bread today. I really do. I need a big old mutton sandwich. That's what I need today. I thought this was weird, though. This is what America is known for. Everybody listening to this? <laughs> I thought it would be that. I literally thought it would be that, you know? Wonder. Banana bread. <laughs> Banana bread's awesome. We're listening, right? (laughs) Bread is common amongst all people. Like you see it from from one side of the globe to the other. I know when we were in Turkey, it was like there was like every restaurant you went to was a different type of bread, it seemed like. It's all pie day, but it's but it's different. Some of it's like this thick, some of it's this big, some of it's a little bitty, some of it's strips. I mean, it's everywhere we went, it was the bread was different, but it was all good. And just like bread is common throughout the cultures of the world, let me tell you something. Jesus is common for all people. We have to get that definition of who Jesus is right away. Jesus needs to be preached to everyone. Not just our Sunday morning crew. Not just our Wednesday night crew. Not just our worship crew. Not just our pastoral staff. Not just that. We need Jesus preached to everyone that we can preach him to. Because he is common for all people. The next thing I would say is that Christ is not to be ignored. I was amazed. We ate at this restaurant last night. I think uh, some of y'all, if y'all went to the ball games, you went to a place called Lucille's in Weatherford. 
Oh my goodness, it was so good. I had, a, I had this steak kebab that was wrapped in jalapeno bacon. Yes, it was that good. But I ate this, I ate this meal and I sat down and they had, a, they had a, a salad, you know. I had some mac and cheese and I had that meat. And I got to look around, I was like, there's no bread. I can remember when I was a kid that like anytime you sat down to a meal, a restaurant threw you out bread, right? A toast, cinnamon, you know, something, some kind of toast, maybe a Texas toast or a, a roll, no, no bread. So thanks to the keto revolution, we don't see a lot of bread in this, around the tables anymore. But making the point that Jesus was making at the time because people survived on this bread, Jesus is saying, you know what? Don't ignore it. Make it a part of your diets. Jesus needs to be a part of your daily life. He doesn't just need to be there on Sundays when it feels good and comfortable. He doesn't just need to be there when you're doing church things. He needs to be in your life at all times. Because the thing is, is if we ignore Jesus, we're not getting what we need. Remember we said Jesus is common to all people, amen? And if we ignore him, how are we going to get any nutrients from it? There, there's breads. I, I'd read some story of some guys who'd went to a, uh, like a, a nation, I think it was in, the, in, in Asia, and they were explorers from England, and they went over there, and they, they started making this bread out of this plant, and they're thinking, man, this bread's good. It fills us up. And they're making all this bread, but as time went on, as they were exploring, every man was losing weight, losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. Then they were just sick. They couldn't figure it out. Well, they found out that this plant has zero nutrients. It's basically like a celery or something. Amen, Ray? It's basically like a celery or a peep or something like that. Something worthless and something you need to throw out. A cranberry sauce, if you will. There's all this. <laughs> I'm just going to list everything I don't like, right? But this plant contained nothing. Like, but it filled you up, Right? In America, we're really used to going to church. Man, we feel good about ourselves. The preacher makes you feel good, you know? Preacher lifts you up in those ways. And I'm not saying I, I don't want to lift you guys up, but also I want us to have a, a true, true relationship, a true conversation, a truth as to what really matters. And Christ is not to be ignored. And if we're ignoring Christ in our lives, we're not going to be getting any nutrients. You want to thrive in Christ, you get in Christ. You want to, you want to partake of the, the glory of, of who God is, glorify him. Glorify who he is. This morning, there was a couple times I just couldn't even sing. When you guys were singing, I just had to stop. I'm like, I'm just going to listen. Because God, you're so good. I think it's sad that so much of the time we ignore Christ. We ignore who he is. We, we, we just kind of put him on a back burner and we, we prioritize other things in front of him. We, had a, we have to apply this, this gift every day by the Holy Spirit's power. In Romans 12, I like that passage of scripture. He's talking about how we are to approach the world in Romans 12. Romans 12 too, he says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Guys, we need to feast on who Christ is and him alone. I was, I was pretty puny. My whole family, we've all been sick this week. Um, thanks, Jim, for stepping up on Wednesday and getting, getting the food to the school up there. 
Um, but last night, Jim, I, I just have to say this because you, you were part of this, and Austin, you were part of this, but I, I want you guys to hear this. I, I had a, a cheerleader come up to me last night, and I knew I'd seen this girl. She was at the Bible study. She was one of the leaders there, too, and I was like, she looks so familiar. I don't understand. Uh, she comes up, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why she looks familiar. She's a cheerleader. Like, she's, she's cheering my, my Jets team on, right, you know? Like, I see her all the time. And she thanked us for the pizza that we provided. And I was like, I was like, was it good? And she's like, yeah, it was good. She says, but the Bible study was better. I'm thankful for about 10 kids at that part of the school that they're just, they're not ignoring Jesus in once a week, at least. That's better than a lot of us are doing. Christ is not to be ignored. They're not just feasting on pizza because it's temporary. Pizza, you know, it doesn't last very long. It goes away. I love Chinese food, but it doesn't last very long, right? I mean, you're hungry like in, in 28 minutes. At least I am. We have a really good Chinese place. I like it. I don't know what people's opinions are. I love the Chinese place here in town. I enjoy it. But I'm hungry in 28 minutes, maybe 28.5 minutes, but I'm hungry, right? Jesus never leaves us hungry. Now, I'm not saying we don't want more of him, but I'm saying he fulfills us. So we don't need to be conformed to this world. The world's telling us that this is how you're happy. This is how you bring peace. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Christ is telling us here, listen, I am the bread of life. Be conformed to me, not to the world. Can you do that? That's what he's asking here. I think it's interesting. Verse 37, he says, all that the father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. A comforting word for me when it comes to Christ is that he's never going to cast Daniel out, ever. He's never going to cast me out. He may discipline me. He may, he may do something like that, but Jesus will never cast me out. You know why? Because he's that ultimate feeling that I need. And he's not to be ignored. And so we have to be a people who, if we're going to say we're followers of Jesus, then let's do it, right? 100%. We don't pull back any. 100%. We're not pulling back at all. Jesus, you are the leader of our lives. You are common to all people. You are not to be ignored. The last thing I would say this morning is that Christ is eternally satisfying. And I want us to let that just roll through our mind a little bit this morning. Can you do that? Think about how Christ is eternally satisfying. Remember I said that Chinese food kind of goes away. The effects of bread goes away. You get a peep and it has no nutritional value at all and it doesn't do anything for you, right? Makes you sick. <laughs> Makes you feel less manly. I still have that peep from last year in my, in my office in there, by the way. I'm seeing how long it lasts. It looks as, as just like it did last year. I'm not gonna say it looks as good. It looks like it did last year. Christ is eternally satisfying. Christ, the bread of life, he feeds us. He fills the human hunger that only God can do. No one else can do this. You know what I like to do? I, th I was thinking the other day, I was like, what does Daniel like to do with his life? I love, I love concerts, right? I love music. I love live music. You know what else I love? I love watching live sports. You know what else I like? I like worshiping live. I, I, like, I like hiking I like I like turkey hunting. I like I like going out and um, shopping with my wife. I like exploring new restaurants. 
But the only thing that's really satisfying because all that stuff ends, the only thing that's satisfying is Jesus. The most satisfying thing I have in my heart is, is baptism, honestly, because that's someone who's declaring Jesus as the bread of their life. That's so beautiful because that makes no sense. <laughs> I'm a Baptist. It makes sense to me, but to the world, that's, that's kind of like crazy, isn't it? All right, now that you're saved, we're going to dunk you underwater. <laughs> that sounds weird by worldly standards, but Jesus is saying, if you identify with me, that's where you're going to find your satisfaction. And so in a very real sense that when that person comes up, they're a new creature because they're declaring who he is. We spend too much time in churches declaring who we are and not enough time declaring who he is. We like tradition. We like, we like being comfortable. We like all of those things. And honestly, at the end of the day, what we need to be doing is declaring that he is dot, dot, dot. He is the bread of life. He's common to all people. He does not need to be ignored and he's eternally satisfying. If we can ever get our minds wrapped around that, that Christ is what we need, we're going to be all right because he is the author. He is the perfecter of our faith, period. That's who he is. A lot of denominations are having problems nowadays. You know why? Because they're focusing on other things. Even Southern Baptists, we're, we're dealing with stuff and I'm like, what? Focus on the gospel. I see these pastor groups and preachers are talking about, oh, the deacons are being mean to me or this person. Just preach the gospel. You know, I think somewhere along the way we forget who we worship, right? I have pastor friends who are just so, they just love taking that check from their church. And I'm like, but they're, they're spineless. They're not preaching the gospel. They want to make sure that check keeps rolling in every week. I say that in love because it hurts me. Is that, the, is that the design of the church? It's not. We, we don't get closer to Jesus, so we have more letters at the end of our name. We don't get closer to Jesus, so we have more people sitting in the pew. We get closer to Jesus, so he's lifted up. He is the bread of life. He's everything that we need. I love, like, kind of in conclusion this morning, I, I, I want us to look at Psalm 4, and I want to see what David had to say about this, right? Psalm 4. To Psalm of David, David's writing down like his thoughts on his God. And there's, there's a line here at the end that I think is really relevant to what we're talking about this morning. Psalm chapter four, he says, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Exclamation point. You guys see that? He's crying out to God. God, you're it. Help me. Oh man, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. I look at this, and I'm like, what's going on in David's life? He's seeing all these people living life to what they think is the fullest, right? He's looking at them. He's like, what? God, why don't you help me? These people, they, they've got it all together. They got happiness in life. God, I'm crawling out to you. Would you show me something? I love David because he's always questioning God. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, God, I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> I, I got to remember who you are, right? You know what the church needs today? We need to remember who Jesus is. Quit saying you love Jesus. 
I, I talked with a lot, of, a lot of Muslim folks, and they all said they love Jesus, but that he's not their Lord. I'm afraid that many in the church today say they love Jesus, but he's not Lord. David, back to what he's saying here, he's like, hey, how long will you love vain words? How long are you going to let these people survive, basically, right? Lord, how is this happening? But know that the Lord God has set apart the godly for himself. Are you following Jesus today? Are you seeking after him? Guess what? God has set you apart. That's called salvation. He's he set you apart. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're dealing with. So trust in him. The Lord hears when I call to him. Do you realize God hears us when we pray? I think we need to think about that a little bit though, right? Maybe next time we sing, tis so sweet to, love, to trust in Jesus, maybe we should sing that from our heart a little more, right? Y'all sounded wonderful this morning, but I'm saying, is it coming from your hearts? Don't you know he hears that? He does, he hears us. And I, I love that, that, we, we, that, that song, you know, they change the word. I know if you're old school like I am, it's like, it's, I want to say thee or thy, you know, but then he changed it to you. But I love that because it, it changes the song's direction to God, you, because you're the bread of life, right? Be angry and do not sin. Pondering your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. Are we trusting God? I mean, are we really? There are many who say, who will show us some good? Light up the light of our face, of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put joy in my heart. How many of you like joy in your heart? It's only going to come from Jesus. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've sat on beaches and mountaintops and those joys end. But the joy of Christ never ends. He never does. You've put, you've put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and their wine abound. Is that significant? You bet it is. He's, he's talking about the world. When their bread supply is unreal, when their wine is there, I know we're Baptists, when their wine is abounding, when, when the good stuff in life is there, he says, God, you're still here for me though. Because that grain, it goes bad. That bread gets moldy. That bread is old. That bread doesn't fill us up all the way. That bread, uh, the, the effects of it leave, and so we're ready for our next meal. But who God is, the grain that he provides, the wine that he provides never ceases. Guys, you know, when we take the Lord's communion, it's more than just like a, a religious thing. We're remembering that Jesus is the broken bread for our transgressions, that his blood covers those transgressions. You realize that, right? I know Jesus speaks about this. Those people were like, why is he talking about bread? Why is he, why is he talking about, that doesn't make sense. But I think as the years went on, I think Jesus knew that a lot of these people would look back and they'd be like, oh wait, we're doing communion. And remember that time we was on the beach and Jesus talked about bread? Oh, oh okay. That's, you're the bread of life, Jesus. God, you've put joy in my heart. Even when they have abounding grain and they have abounding wine, he says, in peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, you make me dwell in safety. It's Christ alone. You know, John, John 14, um, 
You guys hear it all the time, but Jesus says this about himself. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? How many of y'all believe that, right? He's not a way. You could look like, okay, how, how, do we drive to, how do we drive to Hennessy this week, right? To a basketball game. How do we do that? You can get on Google, and it's going to say, well, this is the fastest route, and this is one with tolls, right? This is one with the most cows on the road, that kind of thing. It's going to give you all these different, like, uh, this, is, this is how you get to Hennessy. I'll tell you something, guys. There's one way to heaven. There is, there is, there is only one God. I want, I want to leave you with this. Think about this. Everybody listening? All right? The essential meaning of my physical life is that I come in contact with food. If you don't believe that, check your stomach right now. A lot of y'all have already checked out. You're thinking, what are we eating for lunch? The goal, the, the driving force, we become hangry. That's, that's point in case, right? You ever been hangry before? You ever need a Snickers? We're, we're guided by these things a lot of times. How, how many of us are in the drive through line? We're, we're hungry and we're like, come on, come on. What'd you do? Order everything on the menu? What do they got to do? Kill the cow? Have you ever said those things before? Because that, that shows our depraved mind that, that we're, we're driven by this right here, by our guts. And I think spiritually speaking, sometimes we're driven by our spiritual guts. What can you do for me? Instead of saying, God, I want to lift you up. Physically speaking, guys, check it out. The meaning of my physical life is that I come in contact with food, but check this out. The essential meaning of my religious, my spiritual life is that I come in contact with my Jesus. If you're seeking food every day, it's good. We also, we ought to be seeking Christ. Why? Because he's the bread of life. He's, he's the bread that is common to all people. He's the bread that you and I need because he sustains us and we don't need to neglect him. Don't neglect Christ. Neglect, neglect a lot of things in life and don't neglect Jesus. I'm blessed my, my, little, uh, my little boy. He likes to pray before we eat. And sometimes because of my hangriness, I might eat and I don't pray right yet. I'm like, I'm gonna pray halfway through, right? I'm get, my prayer will be more holy if I'm not hangry. You know how it is. We forget, right? You just forget. Some of you are like, no, we don't forget. You're unholy, pastor. Okay, I am unholy. I'm sorry. Not in the Grammy kind of way, but I'm unholy. I, I forget, right? I forget who, who, who I need to talk to. But every time our, our little boy, Jaron, he says what? What does he say? Let's pray. It's great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. Amen. He does it every single time. My, my other kids, they did that too. I prayed that when I was growing up, didn't I, Mom? I mean, it was just like, it's, it's like this whole thing. But, but it reminds us who's good. That burger might be good. That steak wrapped in jalapeno sweet, sweet bacon, that might be really good. But there's nothing better than Jesus. What does that mean for us today? If you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. I don't have to say anything else. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now. If you're listening in this place or if you're listening later, I know that God is speaking to your heart and I want to invite you to know Jesus. Listen to that still small voice. That, listen to that call that's there. You know, there's all these, you know, how do people get saved? Here's how I believe people get saved. The Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and you're like, oh, here's huh, the bread of life. I need that. If you don't know Jesus, you can. In church, if you know Christ, live like it. 
Quit saying, tis so sweet to trust in Baptists. Tis so sweet to trust in in money. Tis so sweet to trust in nations. Tis so sweet to trust in the, the thunder. Quit saying that. Well, it's silly, Daniel. It's not silly because that's what we do. We do that. So it's just trusting in Christ. When you trusted Christ for the first time, do you remember that? You continue to trust him. Continue. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O oh Lord, you make me dwell in safety. It's all about Jesus. And it's all about what he can do for us. He is the bread of life. Let us pray. Father, I love you. Father, I pray that your words would wash over us today. Father, it would change us. God, it would, it would do what it's intended to do. Jesus, you are the bread of life. I pray, God, that we would make a habit of feasting on you and that, God, we will experience what true life is about. God, would you call the unrepentant to you? Would you call them to repentance and new life in you? God, would you call the church to rise up and to do what you've called us to? Father, we're listening. Call people to you in your most holy name. Amen.